you are the man on the white horse, that you have the answers, you have the ability to figure it out, to problem solve, and to lead yourself to the outcome that you want. Welcome to the Bedros Coolian Show. What's the difference between me and you? Me and you? Me and you? Back when Q was rolling with Lorenzo and a Benzo, I was banging with a gang of instrumentals. Hey, welcome, friends, to another awesome episode of the Bedros Coolian Podcast. And today, I want to talk to you about something that we discuss often at the project. Uh, many, many years ago, so I would say almost four years ago now, during the project, we figured out that all of life boils down to four specific things. And those four things are teamwork, leadership, communication, and problem solving. If you think about what life is, it really does boil down to those four elements. Like in all of life, you're going to need to have a team around you. Like there's nothing great that you're going to be able to do on your own. Uh, you know, in fact, when people walk around in life and talk about being lone wolves and they're self-made, that's the biggest lie that anyone could ever tell because someone mentored you, someone coached you. Hell, if anything, someone showed you how not to be because of their bad examples. Like somebody was a cautionary tale in your life. And because of that, you chose a different path. And so because of that, you're a better person. So even a negative person in your life could be a mentor if you're observant enough to see how not to be in life, right? So there's always a team around you. Like when I think about growing Fit Body Bootcamp and we grow Truly in Supplements and the Modern Day Night Project program, all of my businesses have a team behind me that allow me to get more stuff done from traffic buyers to salespeople to operations people to support people to compliance people from attorneys and accountants and all of those people the humans the team behind the brand is how we are able to grow so quickly and so you certainly need a team in life to grow well that's a given and so if you could work well as a team like your family think about this if you want to grow as a human you're going to have to be able to connect better with your family see your family as a resource, your wife, your kids, your extended family, uh, and beyond, right? Cousins, uncles, nieces, nephews, and so on. And so there's a team element in every level of growth that humans want. There's also an element of leadership, right? The second thing we talked about, leadership. Whether you need to learn how to lead yourself to an outcome that you're looking for, or you need to lead your family, or you're going to lead your business, there has to be a sense of leadership. People do not innately know what to do. So once you have a team, you can't just assume that your team's gonna know what to do and when to do it and what winning looks like. You as the leader have to be able to lead yourself through personal accountability and discipline. And then you as a leader have to be able to lead your team. And you're wondering where this is going. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you a fascinating story of a dude named Jesus Gonzalez. That's right, Jesus. And you're going to realize that it helps to be a lot more like Jesus. Now, not the Jesus that was on the cross, but the Jesus Gonzalez. And I'll get to his story in just a second. It's going to blow you away. And yet is another story from the project. But before we get there, let's talk about that third component that all of life consists of, and that is communication. 
So if you've got a great team behind you, you've got the ability to lead yourself and your team, then the other thing is communication. Can you communicate your vision? Can you communicate the daily action steps? Can you communicate your thoughts and feelings? Can you communicate energy? And if you could communicate with the people around you and you could lead them through great and effective communication, then you're probably going to win in business and in life. And you're going to have less frustrations, less friction, and more opportunities and more blessings, right? And then the fourth and final thing that life consists of is problem solving. All of life is that. Teamwork, leadership, communication, and problem solving. Now, if you can solve problems, then you can move along in life. You can win. Some problems come to us really small. Like you wake up, you're thirsty, your thirst is a problem. The solution is pretty simple. Drink water, right? You solve your problem. And then you're hungry. Well, you might have to go to the fridge or the cupboard and make a decision there. Nevertheless, it's somewhat of an easy problem to solve. And then other times, life will give you complex problems. A loved one that you care for might get diagnosed with a disease. And you have to solve through that problem. What do we do to help them? How do we get the best care for them? What decisions do we make so that, so that they can recover faster? And those are more complex problems. And in business, we have problems like that. When the pandemic hits and there's really no entrepreneurial training for a global pandemic, when the entire world is shut down, you have a problem that you have to solve through. And the people that choose to ignore the problems in life and in business, the people that choose to ignore the opportunities to solve complex problems end up having even more complex problems because ignoring and avoiding a problem only takes that problem and amplifies it by 10x. And so if we know that all of life is about teamwork, leadership, communication, and problem solving, then there's only four things we need to do to really win. And so I want to tell you the story about Jesus Gonzalez. Now this dude, um, fascinating dude, kind of a wiry, I need to paint the picture. He's kind of a wiry dude, maybe weighs about 160 pounds or so. And uh, he comes from Mexico City. He came to the last project class and um, he, he hardly speaks English, right? Like he knows enough to get by. And as you can imagine at the project, you've got 75 hours of real physical evolutions that you have to go through that instructor Ray and instructor Steve dish out. And then there's also the classroom times that you have to go through and journaling and, and learning life management, time management, productivity, personal discipline, and putting together your life's vision plan and what your daily mission would look like to achieve your life's vision. So he knew just enough in terms of language and understanding of the English language to grasp the project, but he certainly was not fluent and did not have mastery of the English language. The reason I share that with you is because as I unfold the story here in front of you, you're gonna be blown away. So the project, as I said, consists of 75 hours and our man Jesus comes from Mexico City. And uh, he's excited because he's heard about the project and seen the project and in fact, one of his friends came with him to the project and this friend had come two classes earlier and had rang the bell and quit. Um, he's actually a senator um, out of Mexico. And so he came back 
to finish what he started, and he had told his friend Jesus about it, and so Jesus signed up for the project, and they both came to class 14, this last class that took place. And during the 75 hours of the project, there's all types of evolutions, and not everyone is good at every evolution, and that's by design, because even if you're the most fit and athletic guy, and Jesus was definitely fit and athletic, there are certain things that you're just not going to be good at. And so he might be great at hiking and endurance stuff, but where strength was concerned, he really didn't shine. You know, carrying heavy logs and five-gallon containers of water up hilly hikes. Uh, in fact, our hike is 3.1 miles, and there's six massive hills uh, throughout this hike. And so you can imagine while he's got endurance, he doesn't have much strength being kind of uh, skinny and wiry. Our man Jesus found himself in a place of, you know, getting injured. And throughout the project, if you get injured, you can roll to another class. So if our medics who are there the entire 75 hours come to the conclusion that you're injured or your body's cramping and you're going into rhabdo and we need to have you roll into another class to prevent you from getting further injured, then we will roll you into another class. But if you ring the bell and quit, that's it. You can't roll to another class. You have to pay and come do the project again a second time. And by the way, of all the dudes who have rung the bell and quit, who kind of say they're going to come back and do it again, less than 10% have come back to do it again. Uh, so that tells you something about the quitter's mindset. When someone is a quitter, they continue to stay a quitter and they stay in that hypnotic trance. I do believe there's a hypnotic trance of, of someone who's an action taker and a winner and someone who's a quitter and a loser. And whatever path you're on, there's this inertia that you gain. And so if you're constantly winning, you constantly end up winning. If you're constantly quitting, you constantly quit other things. And so every guy that rings the bell at the project, when I ask them why they quit and how do they feel and what do they plan on doing later down the line in life, they all go, I'm going to come back and I'm going to be better, better prepared. Remember, most guys that quit the project don't quit because it's physically hard. They quit because they mentally don't know what the next evolution is. They don't know how long that next evolution is going to be. They're exhausted. They're tired. They're getting yelled at. They can't seem to do anything right. And that's by design. And so they mentally start having that conversation with their inner critic, with their inner bitch, and end up ringing the bell and making this permanent decision on a temporary feeling. But every single time, they all tell me that they're going to come back. I'm going to come back and do this better. Yet less than 10% come back. So while our senator friend came back from Mexico and signed up to do it, he brought his friend Jesus with him. And about, oh, 40 or so hours into the project, one of the evolutions is the beach evolution, where we take all the candidates and we take them to the beach early in the morning before the sun comes up. And instructor Ray, the Navy SEAL, puts them through several hours, and I have to be vague here because I don't want to let you know how many hours specifically because I know many of you guys here listening are going to sign up and do the project at some point, and I don't want to ruin the experience for you. But we end up at the beach, and Instructor Ray, the Navy SEAL, does put these guys through 
surf torture. There's no other way to say it. It's surf torture. You may feel like you're going to get washed out to sea, but you won't. You may feel like that you're drowning, but you're not. You may feel like it's too cold for you, but it's not. And you may feel like you can't do it, but you can. However, when you're fatigued, you're hungry, you don't know how long this evolution is going to last, and it's pitch dark, and you just hear the mighty Pacific Ocean growling at you wave after wave, it gets pretty overwhelming and intimidating. And what we're conditioning the men to do is to be able to control the conversation, slow down your thinking, slow down the decision-making, and evaluate what's running through your mind. And if you can control the conversation there in the chaotic situation, you can control the conversation and the thoughts and the feelings in your body, in your mind, throughout life, anytime, right? And so with that in mind, as we get to the beach, our friend Jesus tells one of the medics that, hey, my eye doesn't feel right. Well, as it turns out, several hours earlier, while going through another evolution, one of the guys in front of him kicked up a piece of rock, and this piece of rock hit him right in the eye. Well, over those hours, his eye continued to swell and swell and swell to the point where he was starting to have blurry vision. And so Jesus tells the medic, like, hey, man, my eye's swollen. It's blurry vision. Um, I don't want to quit, but am I safe to go into the ocean? And the medics take a look at him and they come to the conclusion that there's not any good reason to put you in the ocean because you're probably going to get sand in your eyes. You're going to get hit by the waves. You know, even if you're linked up with all the other guys, your body's being thrown around. And if another dude's elbow or knee hits your eye while the wave's smashing you around, you're probably going to get your eye fucked up, right? And so they deduced that they're going to medically roll him. So the plan was that one of our junior cadre, and we have plenty of junior cadres, would put him in the van and take him to Newport Beach Medical Center. Now you have to understand, the Project Compound is in Chino Hills, California. And just to show you the difference here in terms of mileage, it's about a, a 35 to 38 mile um, drive on the highway from Chino Hills, our compound for the project, to Newport Beach, where we run the beach evolution. And this is early in the morning at this point, it's probably, I don't know, maybe 5.30, 6 in the morning. And so one of the junior cadre take Jesus and his eye to the emergency urgent care. And they drop him off and they go, hey man, when you're done, here's our number, call us and we'll come back and pick you up when they discharge you and look at your eye. And of course, we continue on with the project. Here's where things get crazy. Now remember, Jesus does not have anything with him, no ID, no money, no cell phone, none of his personal belongings. He is not a citizen or a resident of the United States. In fact, he's from Mexico, and he had only been into the United States one other time when he was an 11-year-old child when he and his family visited Disneyland. So now this motherfucker finds himself at the Newport Beach Urgent Care, and they're checking out his eye and so on. Now we continue on with the project, we do the beach evolution, the sun comes up, we do our thing, we load the guys up in the van, we drive back to the compound and off we go. 
then we do some teaching and some and some and some journaling evolutions that we go through. We talk about, you know, business development, leadership, how to scale your profits, get higher profit margins, how to how to grow wealth and not just be rich, right? Like the project covers everything, faith, family, fitness, finances. Those are the four F-bombs. And the whole idea is that if we can get our faith, family, fitness, and finances in line, we can have a life of fulfillment. This is why most men and women live unfulfilled. That's a different podcast for another day about the level of fulfillment that people have. But if you're looking for fulfillment, you've got to get those four pillars aligned. Your faith as in your confidence in yourself and your faith in a higher power, your family, right? The people that you love and your fitness, your mental, physical, emotional fitness, and of course your finances, because in this world you need money. Money is a vehicle to meaning. Money is a vehicle to experiences. Money solves the problem of not having money. And when you have those four F-bombs squared away, you have fulfillment, the fifth F-bomb. And so... All that said, we're you know doing all these teachings and stuff, and now keep in mind it's it's getting close to, gosh, about six p.m. seven p.m., and the instructors are taking the guys in the van to another destination, and um, I decided to hang back because I had some work to do on my laptop, so I figured I'd just sit in the lobby of the compound in Chino Hills and work on my laptop while the instructors take these guys on another evolution for the next hour. Thank goodness I was there and didn't go to that next evolution with everyone. All of a sudden, at around 7 p.m., now keep in mind the last time we saw Jesus, it was probably around 6 a.m. that morning. By 7 p.m., some 13 hours later, I hear a knock on the front door of the compound. I'm like, well, that's weird. The guys just left. There's no way they're back from this evolution. I know this evolution is gonna take about an hour and a half, maybe two hours by the time they unload, go through the evolution, load back up and come back. Like maybe, maybe they forgot something and they don't have the key to get in. So I open the front door and who do I see? Jesus, Jesus Gonzalez. And he goes, hello, sir. And I'm like, Jesus, hello. And I'm befuddled because I'm looking outside in the parking lot to see if he got dropped off by Uber or a taxi or how he got there. So I go, Jesus, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm, I'm back. I'm back from the emergency room. And he's got this, you know, that, that wristband they put on you when you go to the hospital or the emergency room. And he's got this yellow envelope of his discharge papers. And I go, Jesus, it's just you and that plastic water bottle. He just got this empty plastic water bottle. He goes, yes. I go, who dropped you off? He goes, I walked. I go, you walked from where? He goes, from the bus stop. I go, wait a minute. The fuck is happening here? You haven't slept for about 30 some odd hours since the project started. Last we heard, you were at the emergency room in Newport Beach. You were going to call us. We gave you a number that you would borrow a phone and call us and we'd pick you up. He goes, I know. But in the beginning of the project, when it started at hour number one, you said all of life was teamwork, leadership, communication, and problem solving, sir. And so I decided to FIO, figure it out. One of the things we preach and we teach at the project is FIO, as in figure it out, solve through your problems in life, instead of being a little bitch about it and complaining and telling everybody about your problems, thinking that it's going to get better. So Jesus took this mindset of problem solving and figuring things out 
And he decided to ask the front desk nurse at the hospital, how do I get to the police department? And so the uh, front desk nurse sends him, says, you know, the police department is walking distance. It's about two miles away. And so he walks to the police department. She draws on a piece of paper the direction. He goes to the Newport Beach Police Department and he says, hey, can you guys help me? I need the bus route that will take me from Newport Beach to Chino Hills. And of course, the front desk person there at the Newport Beach Police Department prints out like eight pages of different bus routes that you would have to go to connect from Newport Beach to Chino Hills. And Jesus is telling me this story, standing in the lobby, holding his plastic bottle. And my jaw is dropped, man. I'm just like, what the hell, dude? Like, this is for real. I go, Jesus, I get it. You went from the emergency room to the police department, but how in God's name did you get on a bus once you got the bus route? He goes, oh, simple, sir. There was a tire shop nearby the bus stop, and I knew I needed money to get to my destination. So how much money did you need? He goes, I needed $18.75 to get here. Okay. He goes, so I asked the tire shop if they have a job for me. And they said, well, we just got a shipment of a lot of tires in. Can you take the tires from out there, bring them inside here and organize them by tire sizes? He said, sure. He said, I did that for two hours and they ended up giving me $10. I'm like, no shit. Yeah. So now he's got $10 towards his $18.75 bus fare. I go, Jesus, then what happened? He goes, well, I needed eight more dollars and 75 cents. And so I ended up getting another job. I go, where else did you get another job? He goes, I walked to Costa Mesa, the neighboring city, and there was an electronics store that had dirty windows. And I walked in and I said, can I clean your windows? I said, but you don't have any cleaning supply. He goes, no, but they did. And so they paid him $5 to clean the windows with their supply. So now he cleans the windows and he realizes he needs $3.75. And so he continues to walk to the bus stop that he's going towards, and he finds a little taco truck. At this point, the taco truck, the people are cleaning it and getting it ready to start serving up breakfast and lunch, right? And so he asks them, can I help clean the taco truck? And they go, sure. And he goes, can you pay me $3? And they said, yes. So the dude cleans the taco truck with them. And now he's got 18 bucks. As he gets to the bus stop, he sees this older Mexican woman who's also waiting at the bus stop. And they start speaking together in Spanish. And he tells them that he needs another 75 cents to be able to get the entire fare for his bus route from Newport Beach to Chino Hills. Now, guys, keep in mind, he's telling me this story. He's dirty, filthy. You got a picture of this at the project. If you've seen the videos that we put up on social media, you know that they're wearing black shorts. They're wearing a white shirt that says project on the back. They have nothing else with them right? Like he's got mud under his eyes. He's got dirt under his fingernails. Like this dude's crawled in the pit and he's done the ice bath. He's pulled the truck. He's hiked the, he's hiked the, um, 
the loop. He's he's done it all. Like he's filthy. He looks like a homeless man. Every guy going through the project by hour number 30, 35, 36 is just looks degenerate, looks homeless. You know, bloodshot eyes because you haven't slept because we don't let him sleep until hour whatever, close to 40 to get a little bit of shut eye. And so hairs everywhere and, you know, you got like twigs coming out of your ears. And he's standing in the lobby of the compound with this empty plastic bottle and he's telling me the story just piece by piece as I'm fishing it out. I'm like, this motherfucker. He comes from a foreign country to do the project. We leave him in Newport Beach. He doesn't call us because he wants to figure it out and problem solve instead of bothering us, he says. And I just ask him and he just matter of factly tells me, well, I got a job and I got my first 10 bucks there. Then I got another job and I got five bucks there. Then I got another job cleaning a taco truck and that gave me three bucks. And then I met this little old lady at the bus stop in Costa Mesa and she gave me the 75 cents I needed to get the fare that I needed. And I connected to all these different buses from Costa Mesa to Westminster to Anaheim to Yorba Linda to Chino. And then from Chino, he walks to Chino Hills. And at 7 p.m., after 13 hours, he's knocking on the compound door. And as I open it, I realize it's Jesus. And I realize in this very moment, as he takes a good 15 minutes to tell me this story, holding his empty water bottle, I said, bro, you must be thirsty, right? He goes, yes, sir. I go, oh my God, man, I'm so sorry. Let's, let's go back there and get you some Gatorade, get you some water, get you some electrolytes and hydrate you. And so we hydrate him and it's just me and him. And I'm just blown away. I'm like, Jesus, you're welcome to come do the next class. You do realize that you're medically rolled so you can come and do the next class. And he says, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to come and do the next class. I just didn't want my eye to get worse. I said, all right, man, we'll sit down, take a load off while the guys come back uh, because I think your class needs to hear the story. Like this will inspire your class. There's a lot of guys that are tired. Many of them have rung the bell since the last time we saw you. And you know, others have medically rolled and the guys that are left, like they can make it if they hear your inspirational story. And he goes, okay, but I don't want to sit down. I was like, this motherfucker, how do you not want to sit down? He goes, is there, is there cleaning supply here that I can just help clean your gym and your compound here while I wait? I'm like, yes, yes. Right there in that cleaning closet is all the cleaning supply. And he goes and gets a fucking bucket. He gets the mop, he gets the towels, he gets the sauce, and he just starts swabbing the decks like a fucking sailor. And I'm blown away watching this guy because there's no reason that he needs to be doing that other than the fact that he has he is so committed to flipping the switch in his life and no longer being mediocre and average, no longer accepting uh, being a victim, always solving problems, always communicating, always leading himself and always being an example to others and doing this so that he can show his team that if I could do it, then you guys can do it. And so when his team came back from that evolution, beat up and tore up and exhausted, I was like, motherfuckers, at least you guys had each other to hold each other company. You had two medics around you the entire time. You had the team of cadre and instructors around you the whole time. In comes Jesus. I go, here's Jesus. Remember, we, last time we saw him was like 14 and a half hours ago. Well, he knocked on the door and here he is. And I made Jesus tell his story again. And these guys were blown away. But I want to share this with you 
because I'm here to tell you that all of life is problem solving, teamwork, leadership, and communication. And if you can't FIO, you can't figure shit out, you can't flip your switch from victim to victor, you will always suffer. You will always swim in the sea of mediocrity. You will always drift through life looking to plug your umbilical cord into everybody else's belly button because you will think that the other guy or the other gal is the man or woman on the white horse never once giving yourself credit that you are the man on the white horse that you have the answers you have the ability to figure it out to problem solve and to lead yourself to the outcome that you want and so with that in mind i'm here to tell you that every single one of us can learn a lot from jesus gonzalez and this dude's gonna come back I believe to the February project class of 2023. And I have no doubt that unless he gets another injury, maybe we'll, we'll hurt his other eye, but unless he gets another injury, this guy is gonna be a savage in terms of getting through the project and joining the brotherhood of like-minded men who are just winning at every aspect of life and business. And if there's any one lesson that I wanna leave you all here today, guys and gals, it is that all of life is teamwork, communication, leadership of yourself and others, and problem solving. And the only people that don't have problems in life are dead people. The rest of us, we need a FIO, figure it out, solve through our problems, and create the outcome and the destiny that we're meant to have in life. Guys and gals, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bedros Koulian Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and leave a five-star review, share this episode, uh, take a screenshot and, and share it on your social media and feel free to tag me and I will reshare that for you. And above all, always dominate your path, figure shit out and never take the path of the victim. I'll see you guys later. What's the difference between me and you? Me and you. Back when Q was rolling with Lorenzo and a Benzo, I was banging with a gang of instrumentals.